Good evening, everyone who's here and those who are watching. Uh, good Friday to you all. Uh, once again, we find ourselves having to do things in a way that is different than what we are used to. Uh, our second Good Friday, really, in isolation. I, I do want to speak briefly into some of the things happening here this Sunday, of course, is Easter Sunday, and we so want to be with you, and we so want everyone to be here, but we are still so concerned with everybody, and so we are meeting outdoors. We have the canopies outside, and so far it's been nice. The weather has been very cooperative, uh, as if it, we had any say on that, but we are thankful and so hopefully you can join us this Sunday for Easter. At the same time, we want you to take safeguards and be safe. Uh, again, me keeping my ear to the pulse of what is happening with the pandemic, it does not look good. Um, within a few weeks, I believe we are going to find ourselves in a place where things are going to be shutting down again. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't believe I am. We're starting to see this trend. It's definitely happened already in Europe, and it's starting to happen in different states here in the United States uh, with the new B117 that is now actually uh, being spread and affecting younger people. Um, and so with that in mind, we are always going to maintain a posture of concern for your safety and I hope you will do the same for yourself and for the people around you. Um, I do encourage, and this is strange for me, I, I've, I don't think I've ever encouraged anyone in this way before uh, to get vaccinated. Um, I know that some people have a controversy with that, but uh, I, anyway, I'll just leave it at that. I'm not going to go down that path, but I think... For those of you who are at risk, those of you who are elderly, and now the age with the B117 strain, it's changed from like 28 to 40-something, now is also a part of those who are in more danger. I don't know how serious the danger is, but if this is a concern, if people are in the know, who are in the know are concerned, I want to take heed, and that's why we continue to meet the way we are. And if I'm wrong, I will gladly say I was wrong. I hope to God that I'm wrong, and I hope we can move past this as soon as possible. Um, but here we are. That said, if you can, join us Sunday, but definitely be safe. Uh, let me pause again and pray just for my sake, if no one else's. <laughs> Lord, may your presence by your spirit confront us, not in a way that's necessarily confrontational, but invitational, Lord. May we be aware of your spirit's drawing us into a uh, an understanding of you and our relationship with you as we take this day and put it aside to remember 
the cross, the crucifixion, your death, and why that is so central to us as your followers. May your spirit make clear the things that need to be understood. We pray it in your name, Jesus. Amen. Good Friday. It still seems like such a strange name for a day that represents Jesus being crucified. Even understanding the promise, the hope, it seems so difficult to equate crucifixion, death, and something as horrific as what took place on the cross as good. It strikes against so much of what I think, of what we think, that sometimes it takes a while for us to kind of settle into this understanding. And the uh, Apostle John, and you can turn to John chapter 19. We're going to be there uh, tonight. John, after the event of the crucifixion, after having been there at the foot of the cross, standing there with the mother of Jesus who is sobbing over her son who is before her eyes dying and hearing Jesus' words to him, uh, behold your mother and woman, behold your son, inviting John into a responsibility to take care of Mary, Jesus' mother. With all that penetrating his thoughts and his minds, having years gone by after now the, the resurrection and after so much has been taking place in the, the church that Jesus bore even at this moment, John is able to interpret and give insight into this moment that I find fascinating and in a, a few verses, I think, is able to compact so much for us to try now to unfold. And so, if you can, turn with me to John chapter 19, starting at verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of sour wine to a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The imagery here and the words that John is using to paint a picture of all that is happening in this moment is, is captivating to me, right? It's so pregnant with much more than just a series of this happened, then this happened, then this happened. He's actually helping us see a little bit underneath the surface. When he starts off, he says, after this, Jesus knowing that all was now finished. What an interesting way to put this. Knowing that it was now all finished, 
I don't think John at the time it was happening had this insight. I don't think John at the time that Jesus was on the cross and this unfolded says, oh, now he is realizing that it's all finished. I don't think John understood that at all. I don't think John thought this is how things are supposed to be. Jesus has it under control. Jesus knows what's going on. Everything's fine. All those quip sayings that we tend to use, right? Like, God has it under control. God has got this. God has a plan. I don't think any of those phrases would have registered with John at that moment. It is only after the experience of life with Christ after crucifixion, life in the church with the Spirit after the crucifixion, that John is able to look at the crucifixion and say that Jesus, knowing that it was now all finished, he was able to see and understand what was happening in Christ at the time that he could not understand at the time. John is able to write, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. What a thing to say. All what was finished? It was all finished. What is John trying to tell us is finished? What does Jesus mean when he would say that? John wants us to know that the cross was intentional. That this wasn't a tragedy that should have been avoided. That this wasn't something that happened to Jesus against his will. John is wanting us to understand that this was part of Jesus's intention, part of Jesus's purpose, part of what Jesus was wanting to accomplish from the beginning. And we see that. Jesus wasn't taken surprised by this. Throughout his time with the disciples, he talked about this. He is constantly mentioning these things. Earlier in John's gospel, when Judas is upset at a woman who uses oil to anoint Jesus' feet and wipe it with his hair, Jesus says, leave her alone. She has done this for my burial. Right? Like, what a strange thing to say. Or he would say, the time has not yet come for me to be glorified. Or the hour has not come for the man to be, son of man to be glorified. Or, or when I am lifted up, I will draw all men, to my, all men to myself. Lifted up how? Lifted up on the cross. He's referring to these things. Or who can forget when he stood before Pilate and he said, if it wasn't for my father, you would have no power over me. The only reason you have a say of what happens to me is because power has been given to you, right? These kinds of things, I'm sure, played back in John's mind and saying, you know what? This isn't something that caught him by surprise. This wasn't an accident. This was intentional. This was not only God's plan. This was Jesus's purpose, That's a strange thing. Jesus was in control of what he was doing, and the cross seems to be the finish line. 
when he says it is all finished. Remember in the Samaritan woman at the well, Jesus has his conversation with her. The disciples come and, and she leaves as she sees them coming and she runs into town. And the disciples have brought food and Jesus says, oh, I'm not hungry, I have food that you don't know about. And they're all freaked out because they're thinking, did he eat woman from this, food from this Samaritan woman? Because then it's unclean because he's not supposed to eat with her. And what kind of food did she give him? They're all worried about the kind of food that he ate. And he says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. These kinds of things freak me out, right? This kind of awareness of purpose, because I don't have that, right? This kind of awareness that, you know, I've come to finish the work and then come to the cross when he knew his work was finished, and then to say it is finished, to have that kind of a grasp of a situation, to be in that much command of one's life is just uncomfortable for me because it's so not in my wheelhouse. It's just not. Today, I was in L.A., and then I was in Montclair before I came here. And it was all because a month ago when I was planning things and scheduling lessons, I didn't know that this was Good Friday because Good Friday doesn't come on the same day. Why can't it be like Christmas, right? Why can't it be like Thanksgiving? It's always on this Thursday, on this Friday. But no, it's all depending on the sun when it sets in the equinox. And so a month ago, I planned two lessons on Good Friday, I don't even have control over my calendar, let alone my life sometimes. I I'm, am such confused state so many times. Even more so right now, my allergies are acting up, and so I'm on antihistamine and caffeine to combat the antihistamine. I don't know if I'm awake or asleep sometimes. I'm just like trying to keep going, right? I have so little control of my life, and here's Jesus saying, I have work to do, and he sent me to do this. I'm not going to finish. I'm not going to complete this until it's finished. And then to say when it is all finished and it is finished, to have this kind of control is a little unsettling to me because my life seems so out of control sometimes. And I don't think that I am supposed to have this kind of control I don't think we are. I think I could have more control. I think I should do better with my calendar. But I don't think my life has the same intentional purpose that Jesus's did. I've often said that I don't see the will of God as a tightrope that we have to walk and follow. I see it as an expressway that we get to move down, where we, we get to do justice and love mercy and walk humbly with our God, and it encompasses so much in this field. But with Jesus, I think there was a lot more focus and pinpoint and purpose. I know there was. At least that's what is revealed to us in Scripture. For Jesus, the purpose was more specific. And his death was not just that of, I'm going to be martyred for my beliefs. His death was meant to have purpose. His death is taking the worst of humanity and carrying it on himself. 
it is taking the hatred that we have towards each other, towards God, and maybe even towards ourselves, towards maybe even life itself, the, the destructive nature that seems to show up time and time again, that seems to override our history, this that keeps coming up, this asserting ourselves time and time again, man seems to hurt men. We see it in wars, we see it in abuse of power, we see it in slavery, in human trafficking, we see it in abuses so, so often throughout history and still today. And we take the worst of humanity and it's being hurled at God and God is taking it. And the death that we have and we live in, Jesus takes it and wants to in turn give us life. The hatred that we have, the disdain that we show towards one another, Jesus wants to take it and instead give us love not to retaliate, not to have retribution, not to show revenge, but to take it. To say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Every now and then I come across those memes that have a picture of Jesus and he looks like he's been to the gym and it's like Jesus is coming back and this time he's angry, right? Or this time he's you know, taking care of business. And that's missing this day and what it's all about. No. His attention, his purpose, his goal is finished here. It says that he took, he said, I thirst. And they took the sour wine and they gave it to him. He didn't want this just so that he could quench his thirst as much as he wanted his last word to be heard. And I believe giving that moisture allowed him to say, really it's one word, for us it's three words, but it is finished, to stella I've done it. All that you have, all that you would hurl at God, at me, I have taken it. The worst part of humanity, I will take. And I will bear it. And I will not be vindictive. I will show you the heart of God. And I will redeem you by taking what you have within you. It's a powerful imagery, and it's this example that is able to move and change our hearts. It is having what is so horrific happen to someone who does not deserve it that makes the meaning of it so shocking and so hard even as we see injustice take place today and crimes against people who don't deserve things, and it's unbearable, this even more so. And then it tells us 
that he bowed his head, which again is a strange thing to say because of course you would think when someone dies, that's going to happen. Their, their body is going to go to lose. His arms, of course, can't go down. He's nailed to a cross, but his head bowing down would be a natural thing. But the word that John uses for he bowed his head is the word that would be used for like he laid his head down on a pillow to rest. It's not that his head fell. It's more that he bowed it to rest. And again, it's interesting. Jesus said that when someone wanted to follow him, he says, well, the the foxes have dens, the birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Same word. Has nowhere to bow his head. In this whole world, I do not have a place where I really can call home. In this whole world, there is no place where I, the one who am the creator, coming to you, don't find a place where I can rest, where I can find a home. Right? He's born in a manger fit for animals. He dies on a cross made for criminals. And in between this time, there is no place where he can find rest except here. When his work is finished, now he finds rest. When what he came to do is finally done, now he can rest. And and we know what it's like to be able to rest after a hard day, after a long day, after something exhausting, when we're just like, finally, I'm going to just sit down. I'm going to be able to relax. I'm going to be able to unwind. You see, Jesus' life was all about finishing, getting to this place, and it seems right here at the cross, it is now finished. Now he can lay his head down. Now he can rest. Why? Because what needed to be done is done. What was needed to be done? The cross. Why? Why did the cross have to be something that was important to God? Why does this have to be something that is a part of this story. Why, why can't he just, you know, tell us, hey, everyone, can we just get along? Why does there have to be this kind of horrific scene taking place? And it's because of how horrific things are. It's because of what has happened to humanity, what is happening in humanity. It's because of who we are, what is needed to bring us out of our condition isn't merely... Here's a Band-Aid. Here's a couple aspirin. Go home, take care of it. No, it's cancer and it's terminal. And the only way to deal with it is to kill what is wrong, which is the sin. And so... And scripture talks about this idea of a circumcision of the heart that has to take place. See, God is trying to kill what is wrong with humanity. And Jesus on the cross is doing just that. All that we have that is wrong and dark and broken and evil, Jesus says, I will take it all. 
and I will cut it out of your life by going to the cross for you. And then it says that he gave up his spirit. Again, interesting words for John to use. He laid down his head. He bowed his head. He gave up his spirit. See, if I saw someone dying, I wouldn't say, oh, they gave up their spirit. I would say their spirit was taken away or they lost their spirit. But not so with Jesus. It's something that he gave And this is what Good Friday is about, and this is why it is good, is because the God who cares gave all that could be given to deal with all that is within us. And when it was all finished, the final thing could be said is he gave up his spirit. He gave all that he could give. It took death to open our eyes to his life. It took crucifixion to kill what needs to die in each of us. It took the cross to bring about life for you and for me. And that's why it's Good Friday. May we find rest in what he has done. Hebrews chapter four, it says they entered into a rest But this is a new rest. God ceased from his works. Why? Because it is finished. There's nothing left for me to do to bring you into relationship with me. It's all done. There's nothing even you can do. It's all done. All we have to do is enter in. And the invitation is there for us. And that is why one of our sacraments is the communion table. It is a remembering of the good that Jesus has done for us. The bread, the wine, broken, poured out, gives us life. And so if you're home, I hope you have elements there. I hope you have some bread, you have some wine, some grape juice that you can partake with us We have some elements here. Randy is going to lead us in the song, and we're going to hand out the elements to the people who are here. Um, And then I hope you'll join us in a moment. I'll come up with those things, and we will partake of communion together. Jesus said that no one takes my life, but I lay it down, and that he does it freely. The cross was the purpose of God to take the death that we live in and give us life. To take our sin and carry it so that we could live 
in his grace. And as we remember the cross, it is symbolized by the bread and the cup that our participation with his crucifixion is what produces within us life. Participation not by doing, of course, the things that he had to go through, but by participating in the acknowledgement of what it means to us. And so my prayer for all of us here on this Good Friday in 2021 at a time of pandemic, at a time where we have been hurt, have hurt, have lost people we've loved. Remember that there is a God who cares enough to bleed. God who loves enough to give himself willingly for us. And may we find in his death life for ourselves. Lord, we do pray that as we participate in the bread and the cup, as we do remember your sacrifice, that we would participate in it by living, in li- living our lives in the freedom you have bought for us. Living our lives in the healing of our souls that you want for us. to rest from our trying to be good enough, to rest from our trying to change hard enough, to be able to say that I do not have what it takes to become the human being I know I need to be. But by grace, I will allow your work on the cross for me to bring about the change I need. And I participate in that willingly, even as you went to the cross willingly. Lord, bless these elements as we remember you. we participate in what you did for us by living for you. We ask in your name, Jesus. Amen. Let's partake of the bread together. Now, if we were to follow scripture, we'd actually have a meal right now and then participate of the cup after. And until we can do that again, let's drink to the one who did not give up for us. May today remind you of how loved you are, of how important you are, of what lengths God is willing to go to bring healing to your soul and to your life. May Friday be good 
because of the good it brings to you. And may you learn to rest in the finished work of Jesus that was done for you. Because this day is good. God bless you guys. We love you. We miss you. Can't wait to join together to eat and drink of this vine together. Sounds so fitting. We do long to gather together again. And when we can, we are going to have some meals together. I think that's only fitting. But until that time, we hope to see you Sunday. God bless you guys. Have a good Friday. God bless. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.